Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here, and um, I just want to greet ahead all of you. A very Merry Christmas, and um, I hope and pray that um, you all will enjoy your break. And of course, as what your um, soon-to-be pastor has said, I hope and pray that you would also refre- reflect really on um, the love of God in which uh, he sent Jesus Christ to be with us, and that's the reason why we really celebrate um, this time of, of the season. Now, we've been um, doing a short series, um, The Promises of the Gospel, of course. You've heard uh, Tamara and Cliff spoke about hope, um, peace, and, and joy, and I've been tasked this morning to speak about uh, love and um, given the text from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. And of course, I was really pondering on how I would approach this passage of, of Scripture. And I hope uh, that I would be able to challenge each and every one of us this morning uh, as this speaks about love. And we all know, you all know very well, uh, church, that um, because of God's love, right, that He sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to come here to earth, taking our place on that cross. And that's why we, we are here. So let's just begin with them um, with prayer first, and let's bow down our heads. Uh, Father, Lord, we um, just thank you for this uh, beautiful morning. We thank you, God, for um, just a time wherein we could gather uh, before uh, Christmas Day tomorrow in which um, I'm pretty sure, Father, everyone will be celebrating with their family, with their loved ones, and I, I pray that that would be a, a joyous one, O oh God, one that would really remind every family that is being represented here, be reminded of how much you love us, and because of that love, Father, you sacrificed your only begotten Son, And today, as we look to thy word, I pray that you will be with me, give me the words to speak, just give me boldness and courage. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins, Father, that I'm able to stand here uh, to be able to edify thy people. Just hide me behind thy cross once again and take away the the uneasiness, um, the fear of God. Uh, Help me, help each and every one of us, not, not, not just to be hearers of thy word, but doers of it. Amen and amen. Now, I want to start off this morning with, um, with a little exercise. But don't worry, you don't even have to, to stand up, right? And I don't, I don't like to, to exercise also lately. But I do want you to take a minute to reflect back on your life. I want you to remember being 15. Can you remember back that far? Of course, for some of us, it's a bit long to remember. What were you doing at 15? Of course, I would say some of you probably here today, maybe not here, but in the Chinese side, you may have children about that, that age. And this morning, 
I want you to try to remember what it was like to be 15. 15 years old. It's an awkward time. Your body is somewhere between childhood and adulthood, I would say. Hormones are doing all sorts of weird things to your body, to your voice, probably for, for the boys here. And there is that great race to grow up. Still, at 15, you're not old enough to drive, even though you want to, to drive already. At 15, there are a lot of things that you are not allowed to do. Correct? Now reflect upon it for a moment. Probably for some of you, you could do it, close your eyes for a moment. Remember yourself at 15 years old. You are in what? Junior high, if I'm correct. Interested in things 15-year-olds are interested in. You are still living, a child living in your parents' home. Then one night, there is, it, it, there is a disturbance in another room in your, in your house. You get up, investigate, and there in the middle of your living room stands a beautiful, supernatural, and absolutely terrifying angelic presence that speaks these words to you. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And at 15 years old, what would you do? What would be going through your mind? Would you be thinking, I'm just going to rush out that door and run to the streets? Now keep that thought in mind, brothers and sisters in Christ, as we hear the reading of our gospel text this morning. Now turn with me to, to Luke chapter one. Now as I've said, I've been giving the text from verse 26. Just let me read it for you. The birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month, God sent an angel, the angel Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. In verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at, this, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked in verse 34, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. In verse 36, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren in his, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. In verse 38, it says there, I am the Lord's servant. 
Mary answered, May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, scholars tell us that Mary was between about 13 and, and 16. To be more exact, most think, most scholars think that she was about 15 when the angel Gabriel gave her this, this message. Now, probably we would ask the question, is there in, uh, why, why would, would, would the angel tell Mary that? And what would be her, her response really, as you could, as you could see, why, why she should not be, be afraid? Now, for me personally, she has plenty of reasons to be absolutely afraid. For one thing, how many of you here have ever stood in the presence of an angel from the Lord? How many of us? And I would say, if you have, then you will understand why they always, in Scripture, begin with, be not afraid. It always begins in Scripture with be not afraid. God's angels are nothing like what is portrayed in Hollywood, what is portrayed in, 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 in the movies. They are a, a presence that commands extraordinary power and authority. When you have been in the presence of an angel, there is no question what you have just witnessed. This alone is enough to be terrifying, I would say, experience for a 15-year-old girl. Now, equally terrifying is the promise that, is about, that she is about to become what? To become pregnant, out of wedlock. You see, we know very well from the story, Mary was betrothed to Joseph. And a betrothal in the day, in that day and age, was more, it was more than an, an, an engagement. It was more than an engagement. It indicated a contract between families for a future marriage. Now, betrothal is that the bride and the groom often, they don't have much to say in the matter. They, it's, it's the families that do it. The, the betrothal might be sealed by exchange of lavish, lavish gifts. Or, or a feast. In a betrothal, all the family between the groom and the bride, the, uh, the, the, the boy and the girl, all the family is, is, is involved. It was all nice. It was all legal. And in those times, Mary breaking this contract by becoming pregnant, not with Joseph, with another man's child, was grounds for her to be stoned on the spot. And I want you to hear that, church. I want us to hear that. Joseph, I would say he's a good man, but Joseph could have killed her for what, for what his, this angel, for what Gabriel was proposing to her. So I don't know if you would agree with me, but she has every reason to be terrified by this news. Every valid reason to be terrified. What on earth was going who, who on earth, I, I, I say, who on earth is going to believe such a ridiculous story? A virgin birth? Impossible. 
whatever sciences, right? Chemistry, biology, you can ask the doctors here. It is impossible. You know, even in this day and age, I would say there is a continuous, there continues to be a volatile disagreement in the church over, over the literal account of the virgin birth. But I'm not going into that. But there is a volatile disagreement in the church even over the liter- literal account of the virgin birth of Christ. There are all sorts of scholarly reasons not to believe it. In fact, a lot of intellectual people, many believe that there is an error that was created between the Hebrew prophecy and the, and the Greek interpretation. But you see, things like miracles, they're always threatening to the academic mind. Because why in the world we live in, everything is capable of being understood. That is what is is being taught. Everything works within a certain understandable and reproducible framework that provides a balance to the universe. Am I correct? Miracles do not exist within that framework. This does not exist within that framework. In fact, they are the very antithesis of reason. And a mind that holds reason as ultimate and unbending, I would tell you this, it, they will never experience the miracle of Christ's birth. They will never experience the miracle of Christ's birth. Now, don't get me wrong here, church. I'm not saying that reason is bad. I am saying, I'm just saying that even reason is not the ultimate value in the universe. We have to understand this, church. We need to hear this. God has chosen love to be the ultimate value in the universe. And love, in many, if not most cases, has nothing to do with reality or reason. Love is about the most unreasonable expression of our humanity. And the promise of the gospel is really love. The promise of the gospel is God loving us. And this is how God chose to reveal himself. And that's what we are seeing here this morning. At church, the virgin birth has nothing to do with reason. That's why it's called a miracle. It has nothing to do with reason. You see, in my circle of friends, I wasn't real popular being an evangelical in, a, in my th- theologically liberal friends. But you know, there are a few things I'm not willing to give up on, and the virgin birth is one of them. The virgin birth is one of them. Quite frankly, it comes down to a question of faith, really. A question of faith first answered, I would say, by a troubled, scared, 15-year-old girl. Try having this one put on your shoulders. 2,000 years later, scholars are still debating on this. 
And as I've said, we're not going into, into details with, with that. But try to try it as an un uneducated 15-year-old girl, betrothed to another man, knowing full well that the consequences of agreeing to this is almost certain, what? Death. You see, church, as we celebrate Christmas, there is a dose of reality here. There is no Santa Claus. There is no reindeer. There is no lechon, there is no turkey, or whatever you are, you are preparing, really. This is life and death stuff for Mary. This is anything but a happy holidays for Mary. Now, right along at the start of this message, I have been asking you to imagine yourself at, at 15. Who you were, what were you doing, what did your life look like? Can you remember? Now imagine this angel standing before you, asking you to bring the hope of the entire earth into the world. Imagine this. To show the love of, of God so that people will experience hope, so that people will experience joy, so that people will experience peace. Because without the love of God, I would say we'll never experience those three. And you know the con that the consequences will certainly mean being ostracized from your family. Perhaps even, even, even bring about even your death. And how would you answer if you were this, if you were Mary? How would you answer? Would you find yourself questioning if this was possible? Would you find yourself asking why God would choose you to be the instrument of salvation for the world? Instrument of salvation to the world of your willingness to carry Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and share him with, with others. How would you answer? And I would say, at the beginning, I said, I was, I was really pondering upon on how I would, I would challenge each and every one of us this Christmas season. How would we be challenged by this passage of Scripture? Because church, this is the question that God is asking us today. It was just asked of a 15-year-old Hebrew girl first, and her task was much more difficult than any of us are likely to experience. But the question he asked remains the same. Think about it. God has been asking people to share his son for 2,000 over years now. It started with, with Mary. God has been asking so much of us, Christians particularly, those of us who believe, who believe in, in, in Jesus Christ, to share the love of Christ. It started with Mary, and yes, the consequences for her were far more extreme than anything you or I 
could ever suffer. But as I have said, the question is still the same. Are you willing to share Jesus to the world this Christmas? Because there is that promise, the title we have, the promise of the gospel is love. And that's what they need. That's what our friends probably who don't know Jesus Christ need this time of the season. And the rest, uh, the ho- that hope rests on us today. For them to experience the promise of the gospel of hope, joy, peace, and love, it rests on us today. Will we be like her? Will we give birth to Christ in our actions and thoughts and deeds? Will we obey the Lord? Will we share Christ with the world? Now, a survey was, was taken that asked the question, what is the greatest hindrance to sharing your faith? And the largest group were the 51% whose biggest problem was fear on how others would, would, would react. Why? Because no one likes to be rejected. I don't like to. Because no one likes to be rejected. Sure, there is some risk, but the stakes we gamble in sharing our faith, our hope, our salvation is nothing compared to what God asked of Mary here in our, in our text today. In sharing Christ, Mary risked being shunned, beaten, and a public stoning. In sharing Christ, we risk upsetting someone or being embarrassed. Very far comparatively. So, being shunned, being embarrassed, so what? But I say this church, I thank God that there was someone willing to take this risk for my sake. Thank God for my parents who set the example for me, though I didn't follow really. It was my kids who followed, who has has seen it. But I thank thank my parents for that. And I thank God for a man named Robert Yeo who started Helping Hand and House of Hope, who was fearless in sharing the gospel with me when I needed, needed it most. Thank God that there were people who thought it was worth the risk of being rejected for the sake of my salvation. Because I would say Mary took the risk. I thank God that there were brothers in House of Hope who was fearless to share the gospel to me, the promise of the gospel that is love. Because if not, I would be dead or in jail by now on the path that I was on. I wouldn't be here standing in front of you. Church, I was no choir boy because during my time it was choir. Now it's all this, this band. I was no choir boy, but somebody cared enough to share the gospel with me anyway. Took that risk. Sharing that love. Because what is the promise if no one shares it to me? 
I would never hear it. And I would, I would ask the question, how about you? Who was willing to take that risk for you? Someone did, I would say. Because you are here today. Someone did. There are people here who have been Christians their whole lives. And there are people here who, who are here still trying to figure this whole thing out. That's okay, ask the question. And there are people here, you are here because you are being dragged by your friends, by your family, by your uncles, by your aunties. But it's not by accident, you are here. You see, there are all kinds of folks in different places spiritually, I get that. But still, someone cared enough to invite you. And that is not an accident. For the last 2,000 years, that is how the gospel has been shared. One person to another. Starting with a 15-year-old girl. On the other side of the world who spoke the words. Listen to what Mary said. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And what a wonderful response. Now we read it casually, but I want really to reflect upon it. Her words were this, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And that is how the people would hear the promise of the gospel which is love. Church, God is relying on you to continue the invitation to his table. It's up to you now to share to others the good news, and this is a great opportunity. With all the business, with all the gifts, I'm not saying it's wrong, okay? But there's a dose of reality here, really if we compare it. I get it, we know there are a thousand and one reasons each and every one of us can come up with and how someone else is better qualified and maybe that is reasonable. We could just always say, oh, Cliff, Rachel, the deacons, they can do it better than me. Shook it. Let him do it. Elder George, let, let him do it. Auntie Monica, let, let her do it. We can have all the reasons. But look who God chose to be the example. An uneducated 15-year-old, terrified girl, troubled little girl 2,000 years ago. And if you ask me, those are some pretty sl- slim qualifications. Right? It's just amazing who God chose. Nowadays, we choose people, we always have a list of what have they done, what, all this and that. But I would say, look what God has accomplished through Mary because of the willingness of Mary also. Because she was willing. I want you to hear that. <laughs> 
she was willing. You know, I think that most folks are afraid that they will do or say something wrong and therefore they don't even, they don't even try. Right? I might say something wrong. In fact, I was encouraged by Rachel sharing her story here of her teaching in Sunday school. One of her experiences was being humbled of sharing the wrong thing and the students, the, the young kids, correct her. But listen, church, it's not about you. It's about the Spirit working through you. Because it's not about Mary, but she was just willing. You just have to be willing. God needs you. And each and every one of us here, without excuse, our call to share Christ is the same. The promise of the gospel is love, but how can people receive this promise, really, if we don't do our part? Do you care enough about the people around you to, res to respond like Mary? And I was really pondering upon it to myself. Because if you ask me, I'm scared also to share with people. Even you say, oh, you're, you're a pastor. No. I feel scared of being rejected also, of being considered the oddball. But I was challenged as I was reflecting on how I would really approach this message, this passage to encourage us today, this time of the season. And let me just repeat it, these wonderful words from Mary. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And may that be our prayer this morning. Let me pray. May I ask the music team to come up. Father, Lord, we thank you for your, your love for us. Thank you, God, that you just didn't allow us to continue with how we live our lives, Father. How humanity would live our lives. Just love us so much that he sent Jesus Christ. Lord, reflecting upon this passage today, we have been given this task, Father. It started with, with, with Mary, a scared, a troubled, a terrified 15-year-old girl. But her response was beautiful. May it be to me as you have said. And I pray that that would be our response also, Father, especially this season, that we would really take that opportunity to share with people why we celebrate Christmas, who Jesus is, what that love is all about, so that our friends, Father, despite all this, what's happening in the world, they will experience the hope they will experience the joy. They will experience the peace that has been promised by the gospel. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.